Colossians chapter 4, we're looking this morning at God hears and answers prayers. God hears and answers prayer. This is a picture from a, a church prayer meeting, and uh, they're praying together, which we do the first Wednesday of every month, and we do it other times too, but especially then, uh, we gather together for prayer and uh, talk to the Lord together, and it's a blessing. Uh, I often get to pray with the kids, and, and it's neat sometimes to hear them pray or to have me have the opportunity to pray for them. But I do love this comic. <laughs> uh, this lady standing up in church praying, Lord, I lay before you the prayer concerns voice this morning, even though most of them sound like whining to me. <laughs> Isn't that great? Aren't you glad God hears our whines? Uh, he hears the burden of our heart, uh, whether we're whining, whether we're fussing. So we're going to look at some principles about prayer, and then we're also going to look at how do we handle when God doesn't answer. Um, when the prayer of our heart that he said, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and it shall be opened, and, and God's not going to withhold good from them that love him, and then you're burdened and you're praying, and God says no. So we're going to look at some principles that can help us uh, understand that process. Father, as we talk about prayer this morning, let's never forget that prayer is not about us. It's not about what we say. It's not about how we say it. It's not about whether we're standing or sitting or kneeling or lying on our face. It's not about whether there's just one of us or two of us or 40 of us all praying. Lord, uh, prayer is about you and connecting our hearts and our lives to you. Uh, in our prayer, there is worship for your awesomeness and your holiness and your amazingness. Uh, there's a, uh, also a, a petition, Lord. We desperately need your help. Uh, life on earth is beyond our capacity to handle with grace without your sustaining grace. So we pray that you would speak to our hearts this hour, that we would be strengthened and encouraged, that those who pray regularly would be encouraged in that, that those who do not would be convicted and challenged to spend more time in prayer, that those who do not know Jesus Christ as Savior might be challenged to pray that sinner's prayer of asking for forgiveness and trusting Christ as Savior. May you be honored and glorified in this day, in this hour, in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing that we're going to see about prayer is that your prayer should be persistent. Are you in Colossians chapter 4? Look at verse number 2. What's the first word? Continue. Now, in the King James, that word just seems like, hey, you know, keep it going. Uh, but most translations have, like the New King James, continue earnestly. Uh, there, there's an intensity that's supposed to be connected here. But, but continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Your prayer should be persistent, not just a habit, but it should be habitual. If it's just a habit, it doesn't mean anything. You know, there are some churches and groups that practice uh, the rosary beads, and they just run their hand over the beads. If you're pouring your heart out for God, 
then having a tool is not going to hurt you. But if you're just rubbing something, that's not going to help. That's not prayer. Prayer is your heart connecting to the heart of the Father. Uh, continue in prayer. Uh, be devoted to. Continue earnestly. Continue steadfastly. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, Pray without ceasing. So there should be a persistence in our prayer. Now, this does not mean if you pray hard enough and long enough, God will get you whatever you want. Like the lady who went up to her pastor back in the East Coast, and she went up to her pastor and said, you know, I, I am praying, pastor. In fact, I'm praying God gives me a, that Cape Cod retreat at 2% interest. And that, that's not it. You don't talk God into things in prayer. But persistence is important. In fact, in Luke 18, Jesus tells a story. He tells a story, and he talks about in that story to think about prayer. And here's the story. He said, there's an unjust judge. How many of you have ever heard about an unjust judge? Never happens in America, right? This is those other countries. Uh, this unjust judge is not doing what's right. And there's a widow who's been defrauded, and she keeps nagging the judge in the appropriate use of the word nagging, not uh, she keeps going back and going back and presenting and talking about And the judge finally says, listen, I don't fear God and I don't fear men, but this widow's driving me nuts. I'm going to give her what she's asking for or she's going to keep persisting. And then Jesus says, learn the lesson, listen to the judge. And don't you think your heavenly Father will do things for you when you persist in prayer? I had a pastor friend, he told me, he said, I pray three times. That's how often Paul prayed for his problem. He had that thorn in the flesh. He prayed three times that God would move. He said, I pray three times and then I just leave it with the Lord. That's a cute story, but that's not a biblical pattern. The biblical pattern was Paul kept praying until God answered. And if God hadn't answered till the 17th prayer, Paul would have kept praying. He stopped after three, not because three's the magic number. He stopped after three because the Lord answered. So, uh, again, don't think that you can pray hard enough and long enough. Jesus is not saying God's an unjust judge, but if you pester him enough, he'll give you what you want. That's not what Jesus was saying. He was saying, listen, if you persist, then God sees the seriousness of your heart, and God, who already loves you, is going to respond. If an unjust judge will respond, then you know that your loving Heavenly Father will respond. Your prayers should be persistent. Continue in prayer. Secondly, your prayers should be passionate. Passionate. See, genuine prayer flows from the heart, not just the mouth. Uh, the word here in verse 2, to watch. This means to be vigilant, to keep alert. It's like setting a watch. It's not like, hey, check this out. You know, it's setting a watch. You're alert. You're observant. If you ever were in the military, then you spent some time on guard duty. 
at some point, even if that wasn't your job, you spent time doing it. And that's what he's talking about, being alert, being watchful, observing, uh, taking care of things, and, and responding to things. Your prayers should be passionate. There should be an investment of your heart and your life into the prayer. Years ago, there was a comic in the paper. Um, oh, what was it? The Piranha Club. And uh, they're, they're, they're sleazy guys. And they brought in this praying evangelist into their meeting. And this praying evangelist says, God, you who own everything, we beseech thee, provide for us. Dump down riches from heaven. Give us, Lord, and you know all this stuff. And then all the guys stand there with these huge grins in their hands. You know? And then the very last scene in the comic, one of them says, well, it was worth a shot. Okay, if your prayers are just worth a shot, they're not worth praying. Prayer is an investment of your heart, a watchfulness, an earnestness. Uh, we are compelled to cry out to God. There's an intensity. Uh, it's an activity that we highly value and we invest ourselves into. And we beseech the Father in the name of the Son and in the power of the Spirit. Your prayers should be passionate. Thirdly, you should pray with Humble confidence. Pray with humble confidence. Now, I specifically put the word humble in there because we should pray with confidence in that we trust God's ability to make a difference. Can God do whatever we ask him to do? Yes. We trust his ability to make a difference. At the beginning of our service, we sang a song, Ah, Lord God. What does that song end with? Nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing is too difficult for thee. That's the truth. God who can speak creation into existence can do anything. We trust his ability to get things done. That song is actually based on Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for thee. We trust in God's ability to do anything, even the seemingly impossible, like having a virgin conceive and bear a son. And we pray with the assurance that God cares, that he sympathizes with our weaknesses. In the scripture reading that Anna did after she talked about the junior church, she read from Hebrews chapter 4 and how, how God sympathizes with our weaknesses. He is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. There's a connection there between his heart and our heart. So we have a, a confidence in God. But we don't have confidence in ourselves. When I pray, I don't think, man, when Pastor Terry Green prays, God listens. Remember those old E.F. Hutton commercials? Yeah, when we were in, in a youth group together, uh, actually, uh, the 
Kathy's name before she married me was Story, and then she upgraded to Green. And uh, Kathy, in our youth group, they used to say, when Kathy Story prays, God listens. And I can remember when I was in boot camp, uh, and uh, early in the Marine Corps, I had some phenomenal answers to prayer. And people would write me letters, hey, would you please pray for me, you know? But Kathy and I have both experienced times when, like our pastor used to say, it seems like the heavens are brass and your prayers just bounce off. Times when it seems like God's not listening or not caring. But we need to, when we pray, we have a humble confidence in God's capacity to do what we're asking and also a confidence in God's care. Anytime you question whether God cares about you, look at the cross. Romans says, God demonstrated his love for us because Christ died for us while we were still sinners. In Luke 18, I mentioned the story of the widow and the unjust judge. Uh, There's also another story about prayer in there, and it's the Pharisee and the publican. And the Pharisee comes, and he stands before God, and he prays out loud. And what does he say to God? He says, I thank thee what? I'm not like other men, especially that publican over there. And he's scornful, and he's mocking, and he's elevating himself. And then over here, you got this publican. He's, he's down on his knees, and he's brokenhearted. He's crying out to God, and he said, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, now, which one went home justified? The one who begged, who poured his heart out before God, who trusted in the compassion of God. The one who was arrogant and self-centered, his prayer went unanswered. And during his life on earth, the scriptures repeatedly tell us that Jesus was moved with compassion. And when he was moved with compassion, he healed people. He fed people. He shared the gospel with people. He comforted those who were grieving. He even shared tears with them. And the scripture said, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Uh, Jesus helps us understand the Father We can understand the Father by looking at the life of Jesus, and we see the care that Jesus had for the people around him, and we see the heart of the Father that shows up in those cares. The care that Jesus gave is the heart of the Father. So we trust in his ability to make a difference, and we trust in his compassion, and we have confidence in those things but not in ourselves. There's a humbleness because, number four, you should pray in submission. In submission. Now, uh, for a while, before I became a pastor, I was a business manager and a business executive, and I traveled around the country, and I could walk into any of our plants and start doing things and working and changing things, and I could sign contracts that had a whole bunch of num- zeros at the end of the numbers and, and uh, negotiate deals and, and then just report to the board of directors about it. And, and you know, uh, I could, could make all kinds of rules and decisions, and, and, and we could just make it and go and go and go. And in our Awana program, we have uh, Tim and Clorinda, our co-commanders in Awana, and 
And so uh, they get to help make the rules in our Awana club, and, and they discuss things, and we talk together about things, and, and, and if there's a, a change that needs to be made, <laughs> some little buttercup that needs to be encouraged, then they help get involved in that. But when it comes to prayer, a, a business executive, an Awana commander, a Sunday school teacher, an Awana leader, a veteran missionary, a veteran pastor, they don't have any more say than a five-year-old kid who's trusted Christ. Because in prayer, we submit. We don't dictate. We don't direct. We don't decide. We, for want of a better term, we beg and plead. We submit. Prayer is bringing your life, your will, your purpose into alignment with the Lord's life, the Lord's will, and the Lord's purpose. He truly knows what's best. He does. And and even when his answers aren't what we want to hear, he knows best. And like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus in his prayer said, Father, if it be possible, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, what? Not as I will, but thine will be done. Not my will, but your will. Not what I want, what you want. And if Jesus... The Son of God and God the Son would pray that way to the Father while he was on the earth. Guess what? That's how you need to pray. You don't say, all right, God, Heavenly Father, Almighty, Omnipotent One, I'm telling you what you need to do. Nathan and I were driving down the road. We were in, uh, on a freeway in California, just the two of us. And, and we're cruising down the road, and, and I don't remember how old he was, probably fifth grade. And... And we're, we're driving down the road, and I said, we listened to this preacher on the radio, and his whole sermon was about how you got to just lay it out for God, and you got to back God into a corner and, and tell God, according to his word, he has to do what you want him to do. And we listened to this sermon. I have no idea why I listened to the whole thing. And when it was all done, we turned the radio off for a while. We're driving. It's just quiet for oh, I don't know, five, six minutes. And, and finally Nathan said, Dad, can we really back God into a corner? And I said, no, son, aren't you glad? Because guess what? If Bill and I are praying for different things and he can back God into a corner and then I back God into a corner, and then aren't you glad that everybody has to submit to God? God is not our genie in the bottle. You rub it and he gives you three gifts. Three wishes. Uh, our, our God is Lord God of heaven and earth, and we submit to him in prayer. Uh, Colossians 3 and 4 is a perfect example of a prayer that focuses on the will of God. Colossians chapter 4, look at verse 3. Paul says, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Now, when Paul says, for which I am also in bonds, what does he mean? He's in prison. What happened? 
Well, he got arrested for disturbing the peace, for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They threw him in prison. And he's been uh, praying in prison. And is he praying, God, give me relief. God, let me be released. God, I did nothing wrong. Let me out of here. Is he praying for physical deliverance or emotional deliverance? What is he praying for? God, help me be bold to communicate your word. Help me reach people with the gospel. Help me speak up as I ought to speak. His prayer is to share the gospel and impact the lives of people around them. He's submitting to the circumstances of his life and asking God to use him in spite of those circumstances, not to deliver him from those circumstances. I, I think sometimes we spend a lot of time in prayer asking God to stop doing the very thing he is doing on purpose to help us become more like Jesus Christ. The tool that he is using to change our hearts and lives, we're begging him to take it away. Instead, we need to say, God, help me learn. Help me serve you. Help me model your grace. Help me share your word. You should pray in submission. And then number five, you should also pray with gratitude. Pray with gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18 says, Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. People want their voice to be heard, and when you pray, your voice is heard by the Lord God. Hey, there are times when somebody else in our house has to tell me that uh, one of my granddaughters is speaking to me because I'm focused on something else and I'm not hearing it. I'm not zoned in. I'm not paying attention. It happens at least once or twice a year. And, and they have to, to encourage me to listen to the little one who's speaking. Did you know God the Father never has to be encouraged to listen to you? He hears your prayers. He doesn't just hear your voice. He hears your heart. And he gives you life and breath, and he hears the cry of your heart, we should pray with gratitude. Now, I asked seven different people to share a brief thing from Scripture, and they're going to come up, all seven of you, come all up at once. You know the order that you're going to be in there. Pick the mic that works best for you. And these are examples from Scripture of people praying persistently, passionately, with confidence, with gratitude, and in submission. So, uh, we're just going to go right through the list. Uh, you guys know which one's yours. And Tim, you get us started. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 11. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. You also helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Ephesians 1, 15 through 16. 
Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful, watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly, boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Philippians 1, 3-6. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine making request for you with, all with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 2, 1-4 through 4. Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of, our God, of God our Savior. Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Hebrews 13:5. Therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Okay. Thank you. Examples from scripture of praying just the way that we're talking about praying here. Uh, looking at um, Colossians chapter 4, continue in prayer, watch the same with thanksgiving, and then an example of what to pray for, for Paul in his ministry. So what do you do when you're praying, and your heart's right, and you're following God, and it seems like God's not listening? Well, I got another little comic for you, only this one's not funny. As a hospital, room number six and room number seven. Room number seven, the guy said, thank you, God, for answering prayer. Room number six, God, why don't you answer my prayers? So what's the difference? Is the person in room number seven praying with the, the right intensity and room number six is not? Is the person in room number seven, uh, have they been more generous with their tithes and offerings so God's listening more? No. God is God. He makes the rules. We don't. I have prayed earnestly for the health of a friend and watched them slowly die. And I've also prayed for the health of a friend and watch God miraculously heal. What do you do when it seems like God is not listening to your prayers? Well, let me give you three things 
that will help. Number one, examine your heart. Examine your heart. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. And repeatedly in the Old Testament, you see people calling out to God, but God said, I'm not listening because you have sinned and you need to repent. So examine yourself. Examine your heart. Do you know the Lord? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you asked him to forgive your sins? Have you believed in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? If you're not a believer then God has no obligation to hear your prayer except your prayer of repentance. I mean, Hunter can come up to me, ask me all day long if I take him out to dinner, buy him ice cream, whatever. Uh, I have no obligation to do that for Hunter. He's not my kid. God has an obligation to listen to his kids. He put that obligation on himself. So examine yourself. Are you saved? Are you seeking his will? Submitting to him in your prayer? Because James uh, 4, 7 says you need to submit yourselves to God. And James 4, 8 says draw near to God and God will draw near to you. So uh, do you know the Lord? Are you submitting to the Lord? Because sometimes our prayers are not. So what's the first thing you do when God doesn't seem to be answering? You examine your heart. Secondly, you examine your motives. Examine your motives. Why are you praying this prayer? James 4.3 says, You ask and do not receive. Because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own evil desires for pleasure. Matthew 6, Jesus described hypocrites who when they prayed, they prayed for man's attention. They wanted to impress the people around them when they prayed. Instead of praying to God. Are you intentionally submitting to the Father in your prayer? Examine your heart. Examine your motives. Are you seeking his leading? Are you wanting him to follow your leading? Examine your motives. And then number three, keep praying. If you have examined your heart and you're right before God, you've examined your motives and they're right before God, keep praying. Persist. Be like that widow. Don't give up. If your heart is right, your motives are right, eventually God will either change your heart or answer your prayer. But don't play when you pray. Don't give it your best shot. Pour out your heart before God. Prayer is a vital link between you and your omnipotent God. It's a vital part of your spiritual health. And persisting in prayer is like an athlete in training or like a musician practicing. You put your heart into it. You invest your time, your energy into it. 
And the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, the scripture says. God hears. God cares. Don't quit. The apostle Paul prayed. There was no answer. So he prayed again. There was no answer. So he prayed again, and God answered. The answer is not what Paul wanted to hear, but he totally accepted the answer, submitted to God, and served him. I think sometimes we quit. We give up. I prayed and prayed and prayed, and God didn't listen. Well, maybe you needed to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Keep praying. Not with the wrong heart, not with the wrong motive. But if your heart's right, your motives are right, keep praying. 1 Peter 3.12 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. God listens. He listens when you pray. When you pour out your heart. He doesn't just listen to deacons or pastors or Sunday school teachers or Awana leaders. He listens to you. Keep praying. Now, there's a chorus that, or a song. Uh, it's in our Oh, it's not in our hymnal. Um, it's a, a song that I wanted to end with today because uh, I think it, it, it shows the heart of God. And it's, it's a song that says, He knows my name. When you pray to God, He knows who you are. Hey, I went to a doctor and I sat down in the doctor's office and he's reviewing my thing. And I'm saying, that's not what you said. And he said, that's not this is what I said. I said, no, that's not it. He said, this is your problem. I said, that's not what you said. He said, I got your medical record right here. I said, that may not be me. He said, are you Terry Green? I said, yes. And he looked at the record. He looked at me and, and uh, I asked him a question and he looked back at the record. He had the wrong Terry Green. Good thing he wasn't operating on me, huh? God never gets the wrong person. He knows your name, and he knows your frame. He knows you're made of dust. He knows our weakness. He loves and cares for us. So we're going to remain seated while we sing this song. And if, if you need to respond to the Lord by trusting Christ as your Savior, you can do that. If you need help, someone will show you how to do that. Just ask the person sitting close to you. If they don't know, they'll find somebody. But God knows and he wants to hear your prayers. So let's sing both of these verses of this song. Jimmy.